Good day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And uh, this morning, that sweet, sweet Shortland Street money, it is coming in from the government after all. Whoops. Uh, vaccine mandates, time for them to go once and for all, a lot of people say. Uh, sweet, sweet Samoa money for Samoa as well. And uh, we'll finish up to discussing the price of petrol. But before any of that, the cost of living being the talking point of the week, isn't it? Uh, government's cost of living SOP, or cock-up, or circus, whatever you want to call it, now has the potential to turn into a real political crisis. Issue one, they knew those offshore would get the money, so money to people that weren't in the country, which from day one was one of the government's key criteria. You had to be present here. Issue two, their issue was it was too hard to do it any other way. Issue three, it added to inflation, the very problem they were trying to address by handing out the money. Issue four, it was money they never had in the first place. Issue five, they had no idea how many people would get it, that really didn't want it, need it, or deserve it. Issue six, the Sallies weigh in yesterday and saying the people they work with, the people who need it most, aren't getting it because many of them are on welfare, and welfare meant you weren't eligible, unlike the Kiwi in Switzerland, who hadn't been here for two decades. Now issue seven, 2.1 million were supposed to get it, 800,000 haven't. Round one of payments has gone to 1.3 million people. Why haven't the others got it? We don't seem to know. This is labour to a T. Spend money you don't have, Make it scattergun because it's too hard or you're too lazy to do it properly. Ignore the advice about wastage and inflationary issues. And then when it comes to delivery, balls it up from the get-go. Get a long queue of disaffected and then spend the rest of the week defending yourself. Sounds good, doesn't it? And here's the next thing. That was only payment one of three. They potentially bought themselves a nightmare for the next three months. What they would have been hoping for, of course, was adulation and thanks and gratitude and some sort of pole bounce. Instead, they've got frustration, anger and disbelief. For a government that entered into this with a shocking reputation around delivery, and I mean delivery of multifaceted projects like light rail and roads and public housing, it now appears they can't even spend money properly. Yeah, there's a general spreading the money around uh, theme to this podcast today. They're spreading the money around to Shortland Street, even though yesterday Andrew Little sort of said that they weren't. Yeah, it changed my mind since yesterday. Um, Andrew Little misled us. Um, Some people suggest he lied, but let's just say he misled us. The question was asked of him when he talked about the um, link between nursing and Shortland Street. And it didn't really bother me. The Shortland Street didn't really bother me at the end of the day because he said there was no money involved and Shortland Street's a medical program and they can go, oh, yeah, be a nurse or whatever. And that, that, that didn't seem to me to be the end of the world. What I didn't know, what we all didn't know, because he said there was no money involved, is that there was money involved and that our money, the money we don't have, the printed money, more of it is going to Television New Zealand, the state-owned television arm, so the government to their own television channel, uh, a whole lot of um, marketing that's going to be done with a company called Black Sand, which is in the company, a company within TVNZ. They've been contracted to deliver marketing material, an interactive quiz, social media content, promotional videos, storyline to feature within the show, which you heard from Oliver Driver, the producer yesterday, has already been made. So the government goes to their state-run, state-owned television arm and says, here's some money, we want you to do this with one of your television programs. Now, quite rightly, you, some of you raised it yesterday. I dismissed it thinking, well, there's no money involved. You're, you're probably joining too many dots. You weren't. You were right. I was wrong uh, because you're obviously more suspicious of these people than I am, and I thought I was reasonably suspicious of them. So when a government goes to their own state television outlet and directs them to tell a story, a government story, and money changes hands to do that, you don't think that that's a red flag. This is the same state-owned television arm that's going to be merged with a state-owned radio arm. 
and you don't think there's trouble there. Imagine with all this um, extra money and resource that Shortland Street's getting, that they actually um, came up with the best uh, episodes of Shortland Street ever that were actually you know, really well written and really well acted and produced and you know were actually decent TV. Imagine if that happened. That'd be funny. Um, right. Now, uh, vaccine mandates. Time for them to go, given this whole, you know, we don't have anybody to actually do the doctoring and nursing and stuff. Tell you what, I'm getting texts every day from the anti-vaxxers asking why, if they've got a health staffing issue, don't they let the ones who quit or got sacked back? And I note the midwives have gone directly to the government asking them to justify the ongoing mandate for health workers. They weirdly don't want the mandate lifted per se. They want a review to justify the fact it's still needed. I suppose that one can lead to another. They argue, and they're right, Pretty much everything has changed now, and maybe we might like to change with it. Just what is the risk to anyone who hasn't jabbed? Just what chance do they have of catching COVID and if they do, ending up in a hospital? It was one of the great ironies for me during the vaccine frenzy that of all the people who decided to object, a chunk of them were in the health service. It also amazed me that of all of the issues in life you could pick a fight with, this was the one you were going to the wall on. I mean, object if you like, but tossing a job in, for God's sake, a job presumably you loved, is a pretty big call, and I would argue goes some way to exposing a certain irrationality or inability to balance life's many, many issues and prioritise them in a way that makes sense. Anyway, here we are coming out of wave two. We did it in winter. The hospitals got stretched, some would say beyond breaking point, but ultimately we got there, as we always do. Spring and summer's coming, and that will lighten the load. And as the rules have changed, it is indeed now a more than fair question to ask just why the mandates are still there for some, and why are they still in place? Why, why, do, why do they get stopped? When do they get stopped? Uh, there are about 600-ish who ran into mandate trouble in the health system, so it doesn't solve the overall issue if they come back, but it will certainly help. It's a more than fair question, not just for the midwives, but all mandated workers, isn't it? What exactly are we achieving by keeping them in place? Does an unvaccinated nurse returning to the hospital have a greater benefit to the hospital than the unvaxxed nurse returning to the hospital catching COVID and because they aren't vaxxed getting a worse dose and ending up needing a hospital bed? Now, while wearing masks, they will argue, is simple and practical and helpful, is having hundreds of people locked out of the workforce equally as useful, or has the time come when we might be better moving on? I suspect the latter is the more sensible and plausible answer. It's funny, you know, I was in Fiji uh, last week, and every time you got picked up, you know, by a transfer bus or a taxi or anything like that, they all had stickers that said 100% vaccinated. So, you know, those people... Obviously, to do their jobs, you know, had to get their, their their vaccines. They're not doctors or nurses or anything. They're just, and they were prepared to do that. I just, yeah, I don't really know what my point is. Hey, um, speaking of, let's get back to our spread the money around theme. Uh, we're giving some to summer as well. Can I ask a very simple question? Because as far as I can work out, the media who travel with the Prime Minister don't ask questions anymore. They just quote her. She handed out yesterday $12 million to rebuild Arpia's market. Now, that's a practical thing. Whether or not it's our job to rebuild their market, I don't know. But China's involved, and so presumably now they can ask us for anything and we'll give it to them. And if we don't give it to them, they'll go to the Chinese or the Americans. I don't know. But anyway, $12 million buys a market. Fair enough. But we got the obligatory $15 million for climate change. And nobody goes, exactly what is it? For what? Tangibly. $15 million. Why 15? Where'd you get 15? Nice round number. What's it actually going to do? What's it spent on? How long is the expenditure for? What are the projects? When are the exp- uh, projects expected to bear fruit? And when are they reporting back? Did anyone answer any of those questions? It just seems these days, Prime Minister announces $15 million for climate change and sort of that's the beginning, the middle and the end of it. We don't have the $15 million to... You'd like to think that somebody put a bit of brain power into working out what exactly it's going to do. And when it will do nothing, is my bet, 
will we give them another 15 million for some more climate change work that we've got no idea where it ends up? Just a question. Now, this is not meant to be a humble brag, but not only was I in Fiji last week, but I've also been to Samoa. I've been to the Samoa market, and it was the hottest I've ever been in my life, and we had two small children at the time that we were there. And so it ended up being kind of a nightmare, and we desperately needed to get out of the heat, but there was nowhere to go except there's a McDonald's sort of just down the road and around the corner from the market. Well, there was then anyway, and that was the only air-conditioned building in Apia that I could remember seeing. And so we went there just to, not because we needed McDonald's, but because we needed the cool. So I'm wondering if those climate change payments are just to provide more air conditioning, to literally change the climate in Apia. Probably not. Uh, how much for fuel here? Uh, more insight into uh, the general theory that if you shop around, you can save some money. Uh, so foodstuffs who run New World and Pack and Save, also the Countdown people in Costco are into it now. Supermarkets who run petrol stations, right? So they've done a little bit of work on that. And prices at petrol stations within a 5K radius of a supermarket in several regions around the country over the past six months, you get cheaper petrol. Simple as that. First week of the month, right? Here's an example. First week of the month, February till June, average price of petrol at New World in Miramar, Wellington, was often 10 cents cheaper than the nearby Z, the Mobile, or the BP. This was the same at Pack and Save Fuel in Mount Albert. This is in Auckland, New World, and New Plymouth as well. So if you want to save money, get yourself involved with the supermarket, and the next thing you know, there's money to be had. And I repeat that quote I got from the AA the other day. At any given time at the moment, for 91, at any given time, there's a 40%, 40 cent rather, 40 cent discrepancy in prices so you can shop around you can save see my only trouble with your pack and save petrol and your waitomo petrol and your gold petrol, a lot of those they're self-service so no shop which means no secret pies you can't go and pay for your petrol and pick up a secret pie in a chocolate bar so that's that's not going to work for me i realize that i'm paying a premium for the petrol in order to get that pie and so i'm actually paying extra for the pie and chocolate bar as well as extra for the petrol something wrong with my plan. I'm Glenn ZFB. I'm going to go away and work that out. We'll see you back here again with another rewrap tomorrow.